3: And welcome to the Exxon, everyone. I am Rob McConnell. Great having you back with us here on the Exxon Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, Radio X, IPBN, Angel Broadcast Network, and iHeartRadio. If you'd like to send me an email, exxon at com on all social media sites, Radio TV. Our main website for the Exxon is com. And for the Exone Broadcast Network, where you can see who's on the network, what their shows are about, what time, you can listen in free at xzbn.net. It's that simple, 724-365, www.xzbn.net. My guest this hour is a gentleman that I've had the pleasure of having on the show before. His name is Keith Varnum and he is a vibrant fil- uh, a vibrant filmmaker in college at the tender age of 21 keith went totally blind before he could la- uh, launch out on his own the prognosis of doctors that keith would be blind for the rest of his life catapulted him into the adventure of his life on this journey he regained his eyesight studied with oriental spiritual masters shamans kahunas medicine men and women and discovered the secrets of all healing transformation and success. Keith tested these practical secrets in his 35 years as an author, personal coach, therapist, acupuncturist, yoga instructor, sound healer, filmmaker, radio host, oh my goodness, I'm getting tired just, just you know reading all these <laughs> things, restaurateur, gourmet chef, vision quest guide, vice president of a multi-million dollar company, and international seminar leader with
2: <gasps>
3: the Dream Workshops. <laughs> Keith dedicates his life to assisting people to live their dream. He helps people grow, heal, play, and embrace life. Wow, Keith Varnum, welcome back to the Exo, and It's great having you with us again, my friend.
4: Yeah, it's good to be with you. Uh,
3: You know, every time I read your bio, it just tells me that you're one one fantastic dude.
4: (laughs) Well, the reason I like to put everything in there is so that people know that I've played with these various approaches to life in in every aspect, on every level of life, Mm -hmm. not just in one little niche.
3: So when are you running for president of the United States?
4: Oh boy, I I do it now.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, let's stick away from that one, okay?
4: (laughs) Yeah, let's stay away from that one.
3: (laughs) So what have you been up to since you and I last talked? Uh, My gosh, it seems that your repertoire and your credentials grow each, each and every year.
4: Well, what I'm exploring right now, and thanks for asking because it's really fun to have it in the moment, is uh, everything that I've done my whole life, all the various ways that I've, I've worked with uh, in business as mm-hmm. well as with healing, is I've begun to really get a sense that it, one there's a river, there's a common flow, a common theme running through it all, a river run, running through every successful activity, every successful endeavor. And on that level uh, is it you could call it the energetic level, the level of vibration. Mm-hmm. And I'm starting to see how color is one way that we tune into frequency or vibration. Sound is another way. Um, and I'm starting to play more with, with sound using sound, uh, since, you know sound in a way well, not in a way, uh, sound creates everything that we're experiencing. You know, the earth has a sound. Sure. The planets have a sound. So we're really singing the universe into existence each moment. And when we change our song, if we have the freedom and creativity Mm -hmm. to change our song, change our tune, uh, our world will change. Our body will change. Things will get, the body will heal. Uh, Relationships will be more communication. And so I'm playing more on that level of that we're, we're uh, singing our song, we're writing our story, and helping people with the kind of uh, this kind of a metaphor and this approach so that make it perhaps more easy for people to see that they can simply change their story or their song, the way they're vibrating, what they're vibrating with, what they're paying attention to, and make big, huge changes in their life.
3: All right, you and I have to take a commercial break with, the, uh, with that loud noise that scared both that was you a, and I
4: sound for Well, if Well,
3: you know, I've got a great producer. He just kind of punches in <laughs> things at the very right moment. Keith Varnum is our special guest exon nation. One heck of a dude. www.thedream.com. and I'm sure Keith would agree with me that the only difference between a dream and reality is making it happen. We'll both be back on the other side of this commercial break. As we continue here in the Exome from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away.
1: With 1,500 plus vets now participating, it's our goal to deliver 10,000 audio players this year. Go to our website at Songs and Stories for Help us help a veteran make it through the night.
3: Keith Farnum is our special guest this hour, XO Nation www.thedream.com and uh, Keith you know I looking back into the 60s I'm sure that uh, you can uh, you know get back there and you had all these wonderful songs uh, the beach boys good vibrations and and other musicians who were who were letting the world know that everything we do is vibrational sound is vibrational and you even have some chanting that is key to certain vibrations so man you are dead on the mark with this
4: well thanks I'm, I'm playing a lot with the, the gong uh, have you ever heard of big big gong
3: well I've heard of the gong show
4: okay yeah. well it's similar to the gong show I'm glad you said that because that's most people's reference to the gong mm-hmm. and if you remember on the gong show people got gonged when they did something that the audience didn't like yes or it wasn't good enough, and right. they got gonged off the stage. Well, the, the tradition of the gong actually does that. The sound is so powerful and has the fullest range of frequency from the lowest to the highest mm-hmm. that what it does is it goes in and it, it blows away, it disintegrates all those old patterns that are no longer serving us, the ones that are making us stuck, hard, rigid, poor, Uh, emotional trauma that's fixed, that's heavy, dense. And so the gong goes in there, not just the sound of the gong, all great music does this, all good music,
2: Mm -hmm.
4: goes in and breaks up uh, any energy that's not moving, any vibration that's moving really, really slowly, like depression, sadness, you know, poverty, and moves that raises the vibration of those areas of our body and our life that are not vibrating at a vibrant level enough to create happiness and health. And that's what the gong gong does, and really all good sound does, is help move, move the low, dense vibration. And then that creates space in your body and your life for new, higher vibration to come in.
3: Is it possible that thunder is Mother Nature's way of trying to do this, as well as the scientific reason why there is thunder, but the sound of thunder can actually... Loosen up the vibrate, Loosen up the the negativity inside and help us get rid of it and make us feel better?
4: Absolutely. I really feel that's a big part of thunder. Mm-hmm. And not just thunder. You know what else? And you might really know this up in Canada. One of the things we did in New England was in the spring, one of our rites of spring was to go to big rivers like the St. Lawrence, yeah. but any big river. And in the spring, they tend to melt and crack. Yep. And when ice cracks, it makes that same... Deep sound like thunder.
3: Oh, big time! Yeah, that's true.
4: And and also volcanoes mm-hmm. and hurricanes make that very very deep deep sound. And volcanoes erupting and hurricanes, and it's it's the Earth's way. The Earth is a living being, vibrational being. And I feel just what you're saying that thunder and all these other natural phenomena, when they get really loud and deep like that, it is it's cracking the old. Uh, the old and allowing something new to move and to erupt from that.
3: I always feel invigorated after a thunderstorm.
4: Mm,
2: yeah,
3: you know, like most people are afraid of thunder for some unknown reason. It's not the thunder you've got to worry about; it's the lightning. But anyway, <laughs> you know, I feel invigorated. Like I will, I will go and stand at the if I'm if it's nighttime and I and I'm wake and you know a thunderstorm wakes me up. I will go. Open up the back door and just stand there and watch it in awe and just wait for that. Something just invigorating about it.
4: Yeah. Well, it it does. It moves the the heavy, dense old energy. Mm -hmm. I used to go to a place in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and a train would go by, a 100-car train, during the workshop about 10 feet away from the uh, house. At first, I fought it, you know. I'm talking and I just wait for this damn train to go by and then finally I realized it has that deep roaring moving sound to it so we started to just call it here comes the Kundalini train the train that's gonna move our energy and raise our vibration so we would just all stop lie on the floor and let the thunder of the train just rumble through our bodies and it was so invigorating
3: yeah you know, I, I've always said that nature has been trying to tell us humans what life is all about, and we've been too arrogant. You know, <laughs> it's it's time we listen to Mother Nature before she gets really ticked off and decides, "Hey, listen, flick your gun."
4: I know. You know, Maybe Keith, you've struck us off one day.
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, you've had a life filled with miracles. How does a person? open to having more miracles in their lives, and how do we manifest our dreams into reality? You must get that question a lot.
4: I do, I do, and, you know, and I kept praying for an answer, you know, to the angel, a good answer for it. Mm-hmm. One day I realized that uh, I haven't learned the secret to just clicking my fingers and healing some anything at any time, but what I have learned is that everybody has the ability to create the conditions, the atmosphere in which a miracle is much more likely to occur.
3: What is that condition? How do we create it?
4: Well, one is to, like what we've been discussing, is to loosen up, Mm -hmm. to relax your grip on what you think is possible, what you think you're capable of doing. Relax your grip on your belief system, what you think is going to happen. You know, at the beginning of your show, I had to laugh. There's a long legal thing about, this is all just the opinion of the person, the speaker. And I realized, yes, it's all just opinion. <laughs> so to, to realize that the, our worldview and the way we think life has to work or what we think has to happen for us to heal or have more money or whatever, it's just an opinion. It's just a belief system, mostly you know, uh, brainwashed into us, indoctrinated from schools and our, and our narrow culture. And if you just relax your grip on needing to be right, Needing doesn't mean you aren't going to be right, but just needing Mm -hmm. to know exactly what's going to happen, when it's going to happen, and to invite. This is what all my shaman teachers would encourage me to do. Mm -hmm. Invite synchronicity. Invite serendipity. Invite things to be different. Invite surprise. Welcome surprise into your life. You could say welcome thunder into your life, because thunder shakes up the old order.
3: You know, it's it's funny you mentioned that disclaimer, and I'm going to give you a very short story on why it's there. We had somebody come on the show that was saying the Queen of England is really a reptilian, and that you know President Bush was a reptilian, and they're out to conquer the world because they're species of reptilian extraterrestrials, and it went on and on and on. And the next day, I got a note from Legal who says you now have to put this disclaimer here. <laughs> Yeah, I can see why. Hmm. Um, uh, Like I was saying before, I've always believed that anything is possible. But you have to work for it. When I see these people putting uh, pictures of cars on their fridge, they look at it and they, they imagine that one day they're going to look out in their driveway and that car is going to be there without having to do anything about it. You know, like, excuse me, reality check, one, two, three. Or when people say, you know what? I'd love to do it, but I tried and it just didn't work. Well, that's a challenge because any, any failure is a lesson in success. And yeah. people just don't understand the basic principles of success. You have to work for it.
4: Yeah, I guess it's mainly, maybe it's the way people have uh, been impressed with the idea of working for something, uh, that they feel that it has to be work. It has to be heavy, serious, drudgery, struggle. Uh, I know exactly what you're talking about. And one thing I try to do with myself as others is reframe it and say yeah. uh, is to play, you know, I, uh, to have radical or deep change in your life, you have to be willing to play deeply, play with heart. Mm-hmm. You know, I grew up an athlete and also in the arts. And one of the things all the coaches do in the arts and athletes is similar to what you're saying. They say you've got to play with heart, yeah. 100% with heart. And, and work at it in that sense. Work at it at a deep level, putting your whole being into it. And in that way, I feel if people were presented with that, they might see more that that it's necessary to dive fully into something and put the totally present and put all of your effort and creativity into something and then for sure
3: you're going to get a shift sure people say to me rob you, uh, you know you've been doing your show now for 26 years four guests <laughs> a night five nights a week how do you do it very simple i love what i do yeah and when you love what you do your passion your love everything that you you bring together inclu- your guests their their comments their ideas the fact that we are helping people you know this is what makes it's not a job, but it's it's fun, and yeah, it I love doing you, it. it. Pardon? Yeah, it, it feeds you, doesn't sure. it? It sure does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you explain miracles and magics in in terms of quantum physics. How are they related?
4: Well, that it really helped me to understand quantum physics, uh, and then uh, and then I could translate it into healing, and also into allowing money, allowing change. One of the things I, I remember reading 40, 50 years ago, that they developed the electron microscope. Mm-hmm. And the electron microscope was able for the first time to view this elect thing we called electrons, chemistry class, science class. And they, when they viewed it, they discovered that electrons only spend half their time being solid particles, solid physical matter. And the other half of the time, they're pure energy, they're waves of vibration. And so you start to view something which we think is solid, like a bone that's broken, Mm -hmm. or your bank account, or some fact. When you start to view that it's actually energy in motion, it's energy appearing as a solid thing, but actually it's, it's flowing, it's moving, it's subtle, then your world becomes more fluid, more flexible. And that's what quantum physics allows us to open to, It's realizing that because if you start to view everything as densely packed energy, Mm -hmm. then it's still moving, it's malleable, it's pliable, it's much more changeable than if we view things as objective, rigid, hard material.
3: I, I often wonder what we're going to discover next thanks to quantum physics and the advances that science is making at such a great speed. Is it possible that people like Einstein will be proven wrong?
4: Well, maybe we'll just improve on their their perception. Mm-hmm. You know Einstein, yeah. when you read a lot of his uh, works, his personal writings and his diaries, and so on, he was very, very open minded He always knew we were talking joking about opinion before he was always very aware that this was just his current opinion of the moment, of the nature of reality or whatever. He was throwing out a hypothesis, a theory, and he was very willing to let it evolve and, and get more precise and get right. and, and, and be more, more helpful. So where do we go next?
3: Where do you think our next stop on the galactic quantum train is going to be?
4: Well, the one thing that uh, has always come up for me is is that what I feel is that that the Internet and what we're doing right now, talking on the phone and all the broadcast, all the ways that your, your show goes out, all the different ways, I have this recurring sort of dream or vision that one day we're going to discover that all the electricity and the broadcast network and the Internet and the cell phones went down about two months ago and nobody knew it. So we just kept talking over our cell phones and listening hmm. to the radio, and, it, and that's when humanity made the shift from thinking we needed this physical apparatus to going directly into telepathy, basically, or using the connection that we all have mm-hmm. together, like the connection you have when you know that someone in your family is in trouble or wants them to call you. Right. Even though they're 4,000 miles away, you feel it and you yeah. make that call that we'll just be tricked by the universe or God or spirit into owning those natural spiritual abilities. All right, stand by Keith.
3: You and I have to take our break. Exonation, Keith Varnum and I will be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the Exone from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Welcome back, everyone. Keith Varnum is our special guest uh, this hour, a good friend of the Exxon. His website is www.thedream.com. You've encountered ETs in your life journey, I've been told. Um,
4: Uh, Yeah. Go ahead.
3: Yeah, go ahead. Describe your your encounter or your experience.
4: Well, it's kind of fun because you're calling me from Ontario. Yeah. Because I drove through Ontario to meet my first extraterrestrials. I've met many. I was going to school in Michigan, and we drove to Montreal during Christmas vacation. And I was going to make a documentary film on this intergalactic society in Montreal. And there was a huge blizzard that even shut down the city of Montreal. And we couldn't make the film, so they said, well, why don't you let us show you what we do? So they took us through five days of uh, opening chakras, uh, traveling around the universe, uh, as astral projection, our soul travel to different planets, different states of being, mm-hmm. different parts of the country, even uh, to our hometown. And so for five days, they were basically helping us to exercise uh, our natural spiritual abilities, showing us that it was possible to use them. Of course, these extraterrestrials were very loving. Uh, his name is Gaston Bordage. I've got, I've realized over the years from uh, Montreal and Canada, quite a few people have emailed me and said that they actually met Gaston, and everyone I know that's emailed me since then, this was 50 years ago, um, has had the same experience with Gaston and Edith Bordage, his sidekick was Edith, that they were very uh, loving and very helpful, um, and basically they were, the first thing they said to us was, um, we're take, they look like real ordinary 40-year-old French-Canadian couple. And they said, well, we're taking this human form because you'll be most comfortable with it. And that, that raised their eyebrows. We weren't spiritual at all. We were filmmakers. But we said, okay, well, we'll try to roll with that. But as they started to show us things that helped us open our heart, open our uh, ability to, to love and understand what's happened to us so far in our life, um and then years since, since I've used the tools and techniques they showed me, I've gone to have a great uh, respect and, and uh, gratitude toward, toward them and realize that there are many, many beings um, that are very, very helpful out there to assist us, and it's very helpful. I suggest to people that they focus on the angels, the ascended masters, the extraterrestrials that are in harmony with you, that are in harmony with humanity, and as you focus on that, they're the ones that you'll run into. Those are the ones that will contact you.
3: But how do you know the good from the bad?
4: Well, you know, really the way we know the good and bad from everything. When you meet somebody, uh, somebody comes up you with know, a stranger, mm-hmm. uh, we actually all, you know, Carolyn Mace, you're familiar with her, of course. Sure. Carolyn Mace, she says, you know, she has a great line. She says, you know, we always know. The right thing to do. We always know intuitively Mm -hmm. uh, the information we need. Uh, We just aren't always willing to admit it to ourselves. (laughs) And so what I suggest to people is they develop, they hone that intuitive ability, that gut feeling, Mm
2: -hmm. uh,
4: that inner sense, that instinct. And all my teachers, one thing they did that was great, they said, track your intuition, Track, track your instincts, your gut feeling about things. And track it and see over time, was this feeling I had, which I'm going to call an intuitive feeling of yes or no or good or bad, did it play out over time? Was it accurate? Is it trustworthy? So you develop your own personal uh, sense, track record, factual track record of when, what the feeling is and when to, when to trust it. And eventually you begin knowing that with everyone you meet and really every decision you need to make.
3: Getting back to the extraterrestrials that, that you met in uh, Montreal, where were they from?
4: Let's see, well, I was from Zeros. They said they were from the Pleiades, I believe,
2: That's
4: mm, okay. what they said, and they were here to help us evolve. Um, and they were very only they they only would uh, work with people who who.
3: Yeah. Keith, we're starting to lose your signal. Keith, are you there?
4: Don't, don't too far. Yes.
3: Okay, we were st- we were losing your signal there.
4: Oh, okay. Uh, so basically, they they um, were from the pre-80s, and mm-hmm. they were wanting to help us to have our own natural, you know, evolution of, sure. of our our inner skills. Yeah.
3: I understand. You know, I, I remember from the last time you were on, telling me about the, this uh, this story about Gaston, because I, as I told you back then, I I'm originally from Montreal and I worked on the Montreal, oh. you know, in the police force in Montreal as well. And oh. I love Montreal. My parents still live there. My brother lives there. And if I was an extraterrestrial, <laughs> I would want to be in Montreal because people are the most beautiful, wonderful people in the world there.
4: They're very warm. They're yeah. very heart centered.
3: They are. They are, and yeah. that explains why the extraterrestrials landed there instead of Roswell. Yeah. You see, this is why I know Roswell's nothing else but a bunch of bunk. Because if the UFO would have crashed in Montreal, I I would believe it. But because Roswell, <laughs> New Mexico, nah, no way. <laughs> now, now I remember you telling me about I um, you died in a car crash, right? Yes. And
4: uh-huh. then you came back. Yes.
3: How would you describe your NDE?
4: Uh, well, in some ways, I had the classic um, experiences of, I found myself in darkness,
2: mm-hmm.
4: and then I did see a light in a tunnel, and down that light in tunnel, what I saw at the other side was what I call my council of elders, or the various spiritual beings that I had been working with in my my human life, uh, Saint Germain, Jesus, uh, Mary Magdalene, Mother Mary, Kuan Yin, and, and other teachers that I would had Hopi teachers and the shaman, and they were all there in a circle, and they the the they the one thing I noticed that I want to mention that was so cool. Now I was only twenty something at the time. I know they said let's do a life review, and they basically showed me a video because that's how I learn best with videos. They showed me a video of my life up to that point, and all the things that I intended to do, to experience, and to share, and to give to the world, and the gifts I had to give, and then they showed me basically how I fell short, how I wasn't doing all the things that I wanted to do. Hmm. Uh, And I hadn't done them yet, and I hadn't done them very well. And I was looking for a feeling in myself, as well as them, of judgment, evaluation, disappointment, and it wasn't there. Uh, I still carry that awareness uh, with me right now, that total absence of judgment, evaluation. um, And what it was was there was just an appreciation of what had happened, very factual, very objective in a way. And then they said, well, okay, you haven't done those things yet, so would you like, we've taken a little bit long with this life review, so you can either go back and pick up where you left off in the truck, upside down, uh, bleeding, and that you can come back there, or you can start over again. And I took a look at my connections, you know, people like you and other people who I had connected with so mm-hmm. far in that lifetime, and I said, you know, I'm going to have a uh, challenge, ro- right, you know, ro- right, roading up, getting together another group of people as supportive as I have. So as soon as I decide within myself to come back where I'd left off, I was back in the truck upside down, and oh, wow. went to the hospital. They put me back together again. but it was very instructive to see just to see my soul vision, my birth vision, what I intended to do, how much love to let in, to share certain gifts, certain skills I wanted to learn, things I wanted to certain people I wanted to meet and to help, to see all that, and then just without any sense of, of disappointment or remorse or regret. Just see, like, well, you just haven't done it yet, and that—that that is such an empowering feeling to view things uh, just as they are, without all that human evaluation. And I've carried that with me ever since. And that was probably the most important, powerful gift of that near-death experience.
3: Wow. What are your What are your perspectives on karma and reincarnation? Then.
4: Well, very much along the lines of what we've talked about. Um, I liked, even before I understood quantum physics, even in high school, I used to view karma and reincarnation as physics. That Basically, we set out, I remember Mr. Wizard, if you remember him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was like five years old, and he put one tuning fork at the end of a football field and another, a bunch of 20 tuning forks at the other end, 100 yards away. And he hit the one tuning fork, and you could see it move, vibrate, you could hear it, And then you saw at the other end of the football field, just one tuning fork there started to vibrate and make the same sound. And I said, wow, what did that? What transferred that vibration and that sound from 100 yards? And that's when I started viewing things as vibration or frequency. So if we put out a frequency, if I'm like angry at you and I stay angry at you and Mm -hmm. I'm recriminating and I'm feeling betrayed and upset... And revengeful, I'm vibrating in all those frequencies, those certain vibrations of those kind of experiences and feelings, and just by what I like to call the the f- physics of the universe, mm-hmm. that that will attract the same vibration, and at that level of vibration, that's all I can run into is those heavy, dense um, vibrations, and so that, and that's what happens. So we tend to re. Incarnate when we come back. If we don't, if we die or we stay basically in, in some of those lower vibrations of sadness, grief, anger, recrimination, regret, then we'll tend to be reborn at the same vibration. And it's really more a matter of physics. It's not right and wrong, good or bad. There's no uh, no one judging it. It's just that we're, as Jesus said, uh, "Do not judge, lest ye be judged." And so by judging mean if we if we Get fixed in a certain vibration and judge it, and mm-hmm. get uh, stuck in it because we're, you know, we decide that we're bad, we're wrong, or whatever, evil, whatever. That that keeps us in that vibration. It makes it harder for us to to uh, meet people on a different vibration, even within a lifetime. It makes it more challenging to be reincarnated at a higher vibration. And so I see it more as just playing with, and I like to use the word playing, playing with your vibration, your frequency, your consciousness, so that you gradually spiral yourself up to being more fluid, flexible, non judgmental, just accepting whatever is. And if you look at most spiritual practices, it's really what they're trying to help us to do.
3: It's that simple. Yeah. You and I have got to take a commercial break in about a minute, but do you think that we've come to a point in the evolution of our society when religion is no longer needed? That we need to look at the new spirituality that you and I discuss, and we have to say goodbye to the old.
4: Yes, and I and I feel it's happening. Uh, I, it, with, with young fundamental Christians in the United States, mm-hmm. they're they're so much more open and flexible than their elders and their parents. So I see it happening in in every religious. The young people within every religious tradition, Muslim, Jewish, whatever, are just so much more open to seeing the commonness among people in spirit as opposed to the separation in religion.
3: All right, stand by, my friend. You and I have to take our final break. Great talking to you again, Keith. Exonation. Keith Varnum is our special guest, dot do you have your pencils ready? Okay, The dream.com And we'll be back on the other side of this break as we wrap up this hour here in the X Zone from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. this product is a real winner to learn more about one two three ready tv visit our website at www.xzbn.net
0: this is the exxon broadcast network broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers including cnn broadcast network Sirius satellite network star media good news radio network
5: Join me, Krista Nails, on the TELUS radio show heard around the world on XCBN. On our show, we will discuss business opportunities, the art of communication, and how to draw attention to your enterprise using the new social media opportunities now afforded to entrepreneurs using the internet to create worldwide clientele. With our international special guests, we will help you to increase your global
4: visibility and attract more customers. That's the TELUS radio show heard exclusively on XCBN.net.
6: There's a legend shared by many indigenous cultures of a time when the nations were cast to the four corners of the world. Each nation was given a body of sacred knowledge that held a different portion of the truth to preserve. True reality could not be known until all the nations reunited, combining the information. If a single one was missing, the world could not be reborn and darkness would prevail. The Science of Magic Radio is dedicated to reuniting the sacred knowledge. With the understanding, none of us has all the answers, but together we can open new perceptions and possibilities. Through our combined vision, the world can be reborn into a place where darkness no longer prevails. Join me, Kwilda and the Science of Magic daily on the Exxon Broadcast Network, xzbn.net, or visit us at thescienceofmagic.net.
3: ExoNation, Keith Varnum is our special guest this hour, www.thedream.com. Most of your teachers have been shaman. What is a shaman and what does shamanic soul retrieval involve?
4: Well, a shaman really is is a term for the the wisest people in our society. Um, Sometimes they're called medicine men, medicine Mm -hmm. women, uh, elders, and they're basically just, in native indigenous tribal cultures, they would call it a medicine man or woman. They're a shaman. And it's who they consider the wisest person in in the tribe or in the culture. Uh, so we could have urban shaman. We, you know, if we had more wise people in our society, we might call them shaman. Um, and a shamanic, shamanic retrieval is... Basically using that wisdom of how life works, how people work, mm-hmm. how emotions work, how things change, how you can uh, heal things. Taking that wisdom and helping people to retrieve their joy, to retrieve their health. And, what, and the main way that shamans do that is you, c- you can do it through drumming, through music, you can do it through reg- uh, past life regression, through a guided meditation, through a good, good radio show. You can do it in any format, uh, dance, song, music. But basically what you're doing is you're wanting to remind or rekindle the joy, rekindle the connection with aliveness and vibrancy in people so that they can reconnect with that feeling of joy and aliveness and possibility, infinite possibility, that we all had as kids. So basically you're reconnecting people with the inner child, that that part of ourselves that's open, uh, willing, uh, trusting, and it has gotten kind of lost or beaten down by life. And so the shamanic journey on uh, soul retrieval is retrieving your soul, which is your wisdom, your joy, and your health, of course, with that, mm-hmm. and abundance. In whatever way works for a person, you do it differently in, within business than you would do within the arts or within sports. But essentially, you you work out a, a game or a ritual or a ceremony in which you remind people of what it felt like vibrationally, energetically, vibrationally to to feel good, to feel healthy again, to feel optimistic. And I was going to mention to you, I really like the music on your show, and even. Even there, just this hour in the show with the intro music and the music we go off with, mm-hmm. that is, in a sense, a shamanic soul retrieval wow. because it's very uplifting music. You know, it raises my vibration just listening to it and that, that for, therefore of our audience. So all of us are remind, being reminded of how, what it feels like to feel vibrant, alive, celebratory, you know, fe- you know feeling good.
3: Well, thank you for that. I appreciate that.
4: Yeah, that last music was just fantastic.
3: <laughs> you talk about following the signs that life give us. How do you see signs and synchronicity working in our lives? And synchronicity is a big topic these days.
4: Yeah, I'm glad it finally is. You know, it's, if you look throughout literature, Shakespeare, but all other Greek literature, all literature... In all movies, they really talk about reading the signs. Mm-hmm. You watch any TV show or movie, they'll say, oh, my car doesn't start. And someone will say, well, maybe it's because you you're not supposed to go to work because you hate it, or maybe you're not supposed to go on this date, or maybe you're not supposed to go to Cleveland, whatever. People know that the universe is speaking to them, by, by, and everybody reads the signs differently. We all have different signs. Uh, but it's very ingrained, very intuitive in, in people that certain recurring experiences in our life mean something to us. And once we're 10, 20 years old, we start to realize there's these recurring patterns that are trying to get our attention to say, this is a good avenue for you, this is a good decision, or this isn't a way that you want to go. And the more we can hone that sense of what uh, signs life gives us in particular, I like to call it our personal signal code because mm-hmm. everybody re- reads the universe differently, pays attention to different things. Um, the the more we can get a sense of, track, and, and even write down and remember, well, this happened before I went on this vacation, and then this happened. This happened with this job, and then this happened. Start to connect the signs and the unusual happenings before an event, and then what it ends up uh, happening in that area of your life. And you begin to see the way the universe is trying to guide you to happiness and health through the signs that it gives you that you will pay attention to.
3: But does this mean everything we do is predestined, that there's a script and we're following a script?
4: Uh, Only on the surface. Underneath, our soul is really in charge. Mm -hmm. Underneath, it's really a space of oneness, timelessness, the eternal present moment. And there, the soul, we're constantly choosing we're, and to create what we want to create. Now, on the surface, the ego, the personality, it does appear sometimes that it's destiny or fate mm-hmm. or predetermined. But if you go deep enough, and that's part of what the shamanic retrieval is about in medicine, men, and healing, if you go deep enough into your core, into your core self, into your soul, there you can rewrite your your script, rewrite your soul agreements, rewrite how you want your life to go. So... It not everything's predestined unless you go deep enough to go back to the original script writer within to the soul and then you then you have then you're choosing then you can choose you know to have more health more abundance you know or not
3: okay so let's just take a look at quantum physics again is it possible for someone on this plane in this dimension in this reality to actually communicate with another being on the other side in another dimension or in another part of a multiverse and if so how
4: uh the answer is yes and basically again it's it to it's very helpful to go with whatever way meditation or whatever way you allow yourself to go deep deep within to where you're in that space of oneness connection spirit soul that deep enough space where you're in the eternal present moment and there there is no time there is no space so you can communicate to any other being in any dimension this dimension any time period and 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 because there is no separation at that point point. and the key is to get to yourself get yourself to get to that place of of oneness uh, an eternal present moment, and there anything is possible. There's also no programming there. There's mm. no restrictions. There's no limitations.
3: So basically, the only thing we're limited by is our own desire. Yes. Well, that was easy. <laughs> you know, it, it seems that life is very life is easy. We humans complicated. Yes. You've had a lot of adventures playing with stretching and condensing time. Does this mean that you have figured out time travel?
4: Um, On occasion, I'm able to do it. It happened accidentally early in my life. One of the ingredients that I found for stretching time or condensing time Mm. is, you mentioned it earlier, you talked about the passion for your job. You love your job. If you have passion for something, like you want to help, uh, say someone's injured in a canyon, this is how it happened to me, and we wanted to get them out of the canyon. Mm -hmm. We had a great passion or desire, great will, intention to get that person out of the canyon. And so all of a sudden we went from deep in the canyon, miles in the canyon, to the parking lot. No time went by and no space went by, we just arrived in the parking lot. And throughout my life, and then sometimes I had to get somewhere at five o'clock before a store closed, but it was a it was as you know it was to make a flyer for a spiritual event free for people to heal mm-hmm. people, so there was a lot of intention and passion uh and and intention for the greater good and so we were able to freeze time or suspend time and travel an hour across town and get somewhere in five minutes before the the store closed and so what I found in my life is when there when you- uh Connect yourself to a higher purpose, to passion, joy, to uh, a space of doing something for the good of good of all or for humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, it gives. It, it allows you. You go. You go into that place of this place of the soul, eternal present moment, oneness, and from there, all time is malleable.
3: Is that why I find the four hours that I do my show every day are the fastest? four hours each and every day. It seems that I just start and the interviews go bang, 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 bang. And the next thing I know, it's four hours have gone by.
4: They just zip by. Yeah. Yeah, because you just spend a lot of time just enjoying the the present moment, enjoying whatever's happening.
3: Enjoying the fact that by talking to guests like yourself, Keith, we are opening up the possibilities for the listeners. And Mm -hmm. the listeners may be saying, you know what? That resonates with me. That vibrates with me. I, I'm not crazy. It is true. <laughs> and, you know, this is what this show is about, and this is why what we've been doing for 26 years with guests like you, my friend. And speaking about time flying when you're having fun, our time is up, Keith. I want to thank you ever so much for coming on the show tonight and for doing the great work that you do. And I look forward to the next time you and I meet back here in the X-Zone.
4: Me too. It's been a pleasure.
3: Take care, Keith. XO Nation, Keith Varnum has been my guest this hour. www.thedream.com. That's www.thedream.com. Great conversation. Great guest. I love the way that this man thinks. We'll be back on the other side of this break with the news at six and a half minutes past the top of the hour as we continue investigating the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology and all matters far and near. Here in the X Zone with yours truly, Rob McConnell. Don't go away.